Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. So, like Pastor Bob said, we are in week two of our series, Identify. And last week, Pastor Bob kicked it off by posing an age-old question to all of us. And that question, philosophers have been trying to answer for hundreds of years. The question is, who am I and why am I here? And Pastor Bob talked about how part of answering that question comes by recognizing our true identity, who God created us to be. And it's not an accident or an incident that you're here. You you need to really know that deep in your hearts. You're not here because two people got together and poof, here you are. No, God planned it before he even created the world. He planned for you to be here, for you to be here today. It's all part of his grand plan to give you a full life, an abundant life, an abundant life in his son, Jesus Christ. You weren't created to be a slave or a victim. Not a slave to your life or a victim of your circumstances. That's not why you were created. So today, I want to share with you all about counterfeits. Counterfeits. Let me just pray before we get started. Heavenly Holy Father, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord, for your mercies that are new every day. Lord, for your grace and your forgiveness through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today that every single word that comes out of my mouth will come from you, Lord. I pray that you speak through me by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Push me out of the way. It's all about you, God. I surrender my mind my will, my vocal cords, the very breath in my lungs that you gave me. Lord, I surrender it all to you for your purposes. Father, I pray that your word will change us all today, Lord, from the inside out. And may it give you honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. Amen. So back in the 1980s, um, one of my first jobs out of school was working for the city of Houston Water Department. That was a long time ago. And um, my job was I was a teller in the water department's drive-through payment center in downtown Houston. I loved working downtown Houston. That was the coolest thing about it. All kinds of things to do back in the day. Anyway, back to the point. When I went through training for that job as a teller, one of the things that they were really um, intentional about teaching us was how to spot a counterfeit bill from real money. You see, back then, they didn't have those little pens. You know, you you see them sometimes draw on the big bills at the store. They didn't have those back then. So we needed to be able to recognize real money from fake money, right? So we spent all this time learning about it because here's the deal. If you accepted a counterfeit bill, it was going to come out of your paycheck. Back then, employers didn't play with you. You had to be at work on time. You had to do your job. And you had to not make mistakes or you'd be gone. Bad things were going to happen. So they taught us how to recognize real money from fake money. It was a learning process. Well, you know what? The same thing is true about our identity. We have to learn who we are, who God created us to be. 
And the only way to truly understand that is through his word, the Bible. So you've got to know the Bible well. You've got to know it good enough so that you can recognize a lie or a counterfeit whenever it comes your way. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to come your way. At some point or another in your life, Satan will offer you a counterfeit, a lie. And 1 Peter 5.8 tells us why. It says that the devil roams around. He has nothing better to do. Roam around the earth looking for someone to destroy. That's why. And so Satan will offer us things that look good on the surface. They may look good. They may sound good. They may even feel good on the surface. But they're not good for you. It's a counterfeit. And when we fall for it. It leads to destruction in our lives. That's his goal. And it leads to sin. Because you know what? The devil knows that sin separates us from God. It gets us out from underneath his protection and his covering. And it gets us out from underneath his blessing. So that's his whole MO. Method of operandi. However you say it. Jesus warns us about this in John 10.10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he tells us in John eight forty four that we can't believe anything the devil tells us. Not one thing. Because it says that he was a murderer from the beginning. And that everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. In fact, it says he's the father of all lies. The devil's intention is to destroy us. And he will lie to us to get us to cooperate in our own destruction, y'all. When he tells us something's good. He makes us think it looks good, and it's not. It's not good. You know, he's like that dude on the corner who's selling $3,000 Hermes handbags for 500 bucks. It might look like a genuine Hermes handbag, but if it's $500, it's not a real. It's fake. It's a counterfeit. Every single thing, every single thing the devil tells you is a lie. Everything he offers you is a fake. Satan is incapable of being honest or real. We need to understand this because if we don't, we're going to fall for it. We're going to fall for counterfeits every single time and it will affect our identity. And we'll start living from bad intel. We make decisions based on lies. And you know that if you make a decision based on a lie, things aren't going to work out right. That's a fact. You ever done that? So today I came to share with you three counterfeits that Satan offers us with the sole intention of separating us from God, which leads to destruction. Counterfeit feelings, counterfeit relationships, and counterfeit experiences. So what's a counterfeit feeling? You might be thinking, what is she trying to devalue how I feel? No, that's not what I'm saying. Feelings are part of the human experience. That's a fact. They are part of the human experience. But I'm not qualifying feelings at all here, y'all. Because they're fickle. They will change at any given moment. That's a fact. You wake up all nice and happy, something happens, and you start to feel messed up. Feelings are fickle. They change. So I want us to focus on emotions, Feelings and emotions are not the same thing. Now, we may use those two words interchangeably, but they're not the same. 
This is a definition of a feeling. A feeling is a learned response to an emotional trigger. They're our own interpretation of the situation based on culture, based on socialization, based on our history, our experiences. So any kind of person can feel any kind of different myriad of feelings at any given time. Emotions, on the other hand, are a chemical reaction in your brain. They start in the mind. And most psychologists, they've gone back and forth on this, but they've basically landed on four basic emotions that humans have. That's anger, fear, sadness, and happiness. Why do you need to know all this? Because it's going to help you understand that you don't need to spend a lot of time focusing on your feelings. You need to focus on the emotion so that you can trace it back to the root cause and get free from it. Scripture tells us that we're not, we can be angry. We can be angry, but we're not to sin in the anger. And the reason why is because most of the time when you get angry, there's a feeling that's going to come and attach itself to that. And that will usually lead to sin. Let me give you a really simple example of what I'm kind of talking about. So there's this kid, hypothetical child. His name is Johnny, right? And he starts to notice over time that he doesn't really look like the other boys that he's hanging out with. Maybe, you know, Johnny has softer facial features or, or maybe he's not as athletic or strong as the other boys are. And no big deal, right? Everybody's different, right? But you let one kid start teasing him or even saying anything about it. And the next thing you know, an emotion is going to come out and it's probably going to be sadness especially in children. Children want to fit in. They don't really want to be different, right? So you let one kid point that out. Emotion of sadness is probably going to arise. But the next thing that's going to happen as Johnny continues to think about it is what's going to come up. Most likely a feeling of rejection. Whenever we experience an emotion, there will always be the temptation to attach a feeling to it. Remember, the devil's roaming around looking for an opportunity to mess you up. And he starts in our mind, y'all. That's the battlefield. He starts in our mind. But not only that, he starts young. He's not going to wait till we're grown to start messing with us. No, 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 no. He wants to start destroying our lives as soon as possible. So Johnny experiences sadness. Here comes the enemy offering him a feeling of rejection. And feelings are what can cause us to question our identity. It's the feeling, not the emotion. And this is why the Bible says very clearly, 2 Corinthians 10.5, the Bible tells us that we are to destroy, not just play around with, annihilate Every opinion or argument that differs from what God's word says, destroy it. Don't play with it. And not only that, it also says that we have to take captive our thoughts. We have to rope them up. Think about a a cowboy roping it up, taking it captive and making it obey the word of God. That's what we're told to do. So when you feel rejected, you got to cast that off and you got to tell yourself what God says about you. Well, how do you know that? Read his word. 
Everything he says about you is in his word. And then you've got to read it and read it and learn it so that you have what you need to take those thoughts captive and make them line up with the word. Don't just sit in your feelings and you certainly don't want to live in your feelings because feelings, hear me on this, y'all. Feelings can lead us to do anything, anything to either get rid of them or to keep them. And this is why we have to understand the difference between emotions and feelings because feelings can be fake and they're always fickle. And they can lead us to places that we were never meant to go. We have to take our emotions to God. Or you know what's going to happen? We're going to be tempted to dwell on the feeling when we really need to consider the emotion. And I know this might be new to some of you. I get it. Just like me having to learn how to tell fake money from real money. It's a process. You're going to have to learn to take your emotions to God. It'll take time, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it's a sure way to avoid identifying with a feeling. And parents, you got to teach your kids how to do this too. The devil starts young. He starts young. And kids don't always understand why they feel a certain way or why they're acting a certain way. So you got to help them process it. And you know, I know it's going to test your patience sometimes. I got grandkids. I know it's going to test your patience. But you know what? That's when you pray. You ask God to give you the words to speak to your child. And then you always remember this. We always discipline and speak in love. Love is the only thing that covers a multitude of sins, y'all. And do this for yourself, too. Instead of waiting for a feeling to attach itself to an emotion, immediately take the emotion to God. And when you forget to do that, you're already feeling some kind of way. That's all right. Take it to God. Take it all to God. Take the feeling, take the emotion, take it all back to God and let him show you how to trace that feeling back to the emotion so that you can be free from it. You know, Jeremiah 33, three is one of my favorite scriptures because it says that when we bring our stuff to God, when we pray to God, he shows us stuff that we couldn't have even understood on our own. That's power. I'm telling y'all prayer is powerful. God speaks to us through prayer. Take your emotions to God. You can trust him. He loves you. He loves you so much. He created you with an amazing purpose and he wants to help you find it and walk in it. He didn't just put you here and say, oh, you're on your own. No, he's always with you, guiding you, leading you. Do not let the devil lie to you one more second and tell you how you need to be feeling. Take authority. Take authority over your mind. And when a feeling does come along, I have a a cool litmus test for you. Philippians 4, 8. Now, this is a litmus test for our thoughts, but it can apply to our feelings, too. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, anything, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So just go down through the list and filter your feelings through it. Okay, so is what you're feeling true? Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Okay, next. Is it honorable? Does you feeling unworthy honor God when he says you are worthy? Nope. Okay, rejection. You're out of here. You're out of here. 
go down the list. And if your feeling doesn't line up with those things, it's not something you need to dwell on. Another counterfeit the devil offers us is counterfeit relationships. Now, there are two important things that you need to know about your identity. Every single person in this room, every baby, every child, every grown-up, everybody in this room, you need to understand that God really loves you. He loves you dearly. And he created you for relationships. Period. And this is exactly... This is exactly why Satan will try to come at you in those two areas because these are the very two things that he wants you to question because he wants you to turn away from God. Look at Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. This is the story of how sin entered the world, y'all. I want us to read it together because this illustrates what I just said. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. This is the enemy as a serpent in the story. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, see, she knew what God told her. God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, said the serpent to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree that was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she ate some. She took some and she ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Do you see what came in the moment they did it? The minute they sinned, what came in? Shame. First of all, the Bible just told us that Satan is sneaky and he's crafty. And he knew that in order to get Eve to sin... He had to make her question God's love and his integrity. Now, never mind, Adam and Eve had been living in paradise, y'all. God created them to be in a relationship with him, so you knew he loved them. He gave them a paradise to live in. They had a perfect life. There was no question about God's integrity. He did what he said he was going to do, right? He created them, gave them a beautiful place to live, a perfect life. So the enemy knew that he had to put a question in Eve's mind, and he did. He told her, did God really say that? And then he took it next level and he told Eve, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. God doesn't want you to be like him. That's all. Satan wanted Eve to question God's character because he knew she'd question his love for her too. And he did it by trying to get her to think that God lied to her. And it worked. She ate the fruit. She didn't die immediately, but her life was never the same, y'all. It's an age-old trick, and it's still happening today. Problems come along, and some people immediately start blaming God. Why did you do this, God? And then they start questioning his character and his love. And Satan loves it when we do that. 
You see, he wants us to measure God's love by his jacked up ruler, by Satan's measure. But you know what? His measure is flawed. Remember, everything he has and does and is and gives and speaks is a lie. It's flawed. You know, when I was a little girl, my mom taught me how to sew. And I'm glad she did because I actually use that skill a lot. You know, I'm always picking up a hem here or there or fixing something in somebody's britches. Or I have to make something for the kids for school, right? And the one thing that I learned early on was that you must have an accurate measuring tape. Because if you don't, you're going to waste a ton of material and whatever you made is going to come out all messed up. Satan's way of measuring, y'all, is flawed. We can't trust it. Because if we do, we'll end up with a messed up belief about what love really is. And that will lead us to accept a counterfeit relationship. I want you to know the definition of a counterfeit. A counterfeit is something made in exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud. Satan is crafty. Bible told us that. And he's going to tailor make a counterfeit just for you. He's going to tailor make it. And you need to know that. You need to know that, but you need to understand this. He can't read your mind. Only God knows our thoughts. Satan can't read your mind, can't predict the future. He can't do that. But he knows what you're saying. He's not everywhere all the time. I'm not saying that. But he has a legion of demons at his beck and call. And they are definitely telling him what you're saying. That's why we have to be careful what we say. So if you're lonely and you've said that, he knows. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to send you a counterfeit relationship. Maybe you're against casual sex. You don't, you don't do that, right? But then you meet somebody. And you are convinced they are the one. And you are their person. So you're dating. Everything's going good. And decide, you know, you're going to get married. Well, let's just move in together now. It'll be easier. What's wrong with that? What could be wrong with that? You know what Satan will do? He'll tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. You're in a committed relationship. You love each other. It's okay. He's lying to you. He'll even go another, whole nother level and tell you, Bible doesn't say you can't live together. And you know what? He's right. Remember, he knows the the Bible. He just doesn't obey it. He'll tell you it's okay. Bible doesn't say you can't do that. And he's right. But the Bible does talk a lot about husbands and wives. Talks about the marriage bed. And in several verses, it references sexual immorality, including fornication. The definition of that is sex outside of marriage. Look, y'all, I know that life is complicated sometimes. And nothing I ever say up here is meant to bring condemnation or judgment. I know life is complicated. I know we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And relationships are part of our human experience. That's how we were created. But you have to understand That this is exactly why Satan will trick us in that area. 
We have to be careful that any relationship that we're involved in doesn't contradict God's word. Any relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a triangulation, that's a big psychological theory and we ain't got time to go there. But that's when you brought somebody else in a relationship that doesn't need to be there. Any relationship that goes against God's word is a counterfeit. Yes, God has lots of grace and mercy. And in Jesus, we have forgiveness for all of our sins. But we have to remember, sin has consequences. And when we step outside of God's boundaries for relationships, one of those consequences is an ungodly soul tie. An ungodly soul tie is an open door for the devil to come into your life and wreak havoc. This is why he offers us counterfeit relationships, y'all. And again, this is not always about a sexual relationship. It can be any relationship that is outside of obeying God's word. And Satan does this because his goal is to destroy you. And if you don't understand the damage of a counterfeit relationship, the damage of an ungodly soul tie, then he's just going to come in and run through your life and make a mess of stuff. You're going to end up staying in bondage to some kind of sin because of that soul tie. Let me show you what they may look like. An ungodly soul tie can open the door to a root of jealousy in your life. You didn't start off a jealous person, but somewhere along the line, you got into kind of comparison. Maybe it was on social media. I don't know, whatever. You just started getting into this comparison mode. And it's not even how you used to be. Well, the next thing you know, you can't be happy when good things happen to other people. You're jealous. And you don't want to be like that. So you pray to God, God, help me get this out of me. I don't want to be like that. But you can't stop. There's a root of jealousy that came about when the door was opened through an ungodly soul tie. Another way, maybe you have a short fuse. You get mad. You get so mad, you just can't seem to control it. You've taken it to God. You've prayed about it, but you can't get free from it. It's unbridled rage. And it could be because of an ungodly soul tie from a a counterfeit relationship, either now or in your past. I didn't say what y'all thought I said. (laughs) Let me say that again so we can can hear that point because that's a big one. If you're struggling with something, and you were involved or you are still involved in a counterfeit relationship, it may very well be that that ungodly soul tie that was created in that relationship has opened the door for mayhem in your life. You gave the enemy permission. And just because you may not be involved in a counterfeit relationship anymore doesn't mean that consequence of the soul tie just went away. We have to remain alert because the devil is... It says he's roaming around looking. He's always eyes on swivel. We have to be the same way. We have to be alert. And watch what we say. Because when you say you're lonely, Satan's like, oh, I got something for you. A counterfeit relationship. Whether it's a gay relationship, straight relationship, or whatever they call it nowadays. Whatever kind of relationship it is. If it violates God's laws, it's a counterfeit. Fit. Yes, that's right. Because Satan set it up. He knows it's going to come between you and God. That's right. That's right. We're going to talk about King David. 
Again, y'all, don't you dare hear judgment. I'm not judging nobody. Guilty as charged. I want y'all to understand that. We all fall short. We all do. That's why we need Jesus. So King David was a man after God's own heart. That's how the Bible describes him. But you know what happened? King David formed an ungodly soul tie. And he did it through a counterfeit relationship with a married woman, Bathsheba. Lust got a hold of him, y'all. Second Samuel chapter 11 tells the story. It's the story of King David and Bathsheba. They slept together. She got pregnant. Well, <laughs> King David believed the lie of the devil that you can just cover it all up. Nobody will ever know. So what did he do? He had her husband killed to cover up their sin. And that brought dire consequences into both of their lives. A whole lot of bad stuff happened to them as a result. And it's all because King David believed the lie of the enemy. And he followed his feelings. He got involved in a counterfeit relationship, and it didn't go well for him. Look, y'all, hear me on this. Sin will be forgiven the moment you repent. And you give it to God. Repentance brings forgiveness every single time. God forgave King David and he blessed his life abundantly. But King David's sin had consequences, y'all. Think of it like this. Think of it like, okay, so there's a drunk driver. He causes a wreck and someone gets killed, right? The person realizes he made a horrible mistake. He asked for forgiveness from God. He's forgiven. He asked for forgiveness from the victim, and maybe they forgive him, the victim's family. Maybe they forgive him, too. Maybe the judge is lenient, and he doesn't even have to go to jail. But there's still a consequence of what he did. He has to live with the memory of what he did. Any counterfeit relationship that breaks God's laws will be that way one way or the other. It'll break God's laws one way or another. And the consequence is you will get off track from your purpose and it opens the door for the devil to bring mayhem into your life. The third counterfeit that we need to watch out for, and this one is really closely related to the other two, and that's counterfeit experiences. Now, this has two facets. On one side, the devil will lie to you and tell you what you're experiencing isn't real. He'll say, whatever you're experiencing, it's not what really happened. And this can happen at the salvation moment, y'all. You know, when we, you pray what we call the sinner's prayer or the salvation prayer, you heard the word of God, you felt it in your spirit, you moved on his word, repented of your sins, God forgave you, Jesus came into your heart. And then what happens? Either later that day or someday soon, you make a mistake. You do something that you know isn't pleasing to God. And the devil is going to swoop in and start lying to you. And he'll tell you, you aren't really saved. And he'll tell you that what happened, the real experience was a counterfeit. He'll say it's not real. Friends, please understand, if you prayed the sinner's prayer and you believed it with your whole heart, you got saved. That's it. It was real. You were saved. Period, like my daughter says. Your experience was not a counterfeit. You just need to walk through the process of sanctification. Sanctification is a churchy word, 
But all it means is that you have to learn to follow Jesus. You have to learn what the word says so that you can obey God. It's a process. All believers go through it. And guess what? It's a lifelong journey. It doesn't happen overnight. But the devil doesn't want you to know any of that. He wants you to think the minute you sin again, oh, you were never really saved anyway. He'll tell you it's just an emotional thing. Just your feelings. And why does that even matter to him? Because if he can get you to believe that nothing really happened, he knows you're just going to go right back to the life you used to live. You'll be filled with sin and guilt. And you'll end up too afraid or ashamed to turn back to God. And if that's not bad enough, the devil will double down on you. And he'll tell you, oh, God's mad at you. You were just playing games. He's mad at you and he doesn't even want you to come back. People, we got to see the lies Satan is serving us. He lies. That's all he knows how to do. And if he can't get you to believe that your real experience is a counterfeit, then he's going to offer you one. He'll offer you a counterfeit experience. And it can take a lot of forms, but it's always going to involve a relationship and a feeling. I'm going to say that again. A counterfeit experience will involve a relationship and a feeling. You see how they're related? 2 Thessalonians 2.9 says, This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. When I was 10 years old, I gave my life to Christ. But I didn't walk it out. For many, many years, I didn't walk that life out. There's a whole lot of reasons why, but the point is this. During my wandering years... I struggled with some stuff that I just couldn't seem to shake. So a friend of mine, that's the relationship part I just told you about. A friend of mine said, hey, I know this lady, and she's a, she's a healer lady, and she can, she can help you. She can help you get free of this, right? So I go to the healer lady. <laughs> as soon as I walked into her house, y'all, I felt something real heavy in there. Real heavy. Remember, I was saved as a little girl. And even though I wasn't living for God, the Holy Spirit was still living inside of me. That happens at salvation. That's what happens at salvation. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Can't nothing take that away. So when I walked in the door of this woman's house, I knew something was wrong with the whole deal. I knew it. But, counterfeit, but I met with her. She started praying over me. Then she started telling me things about myself that there's no way she could have known. So I started to feel, well, maybe this is legit. Maybe she really is going to help me. And I went out and did all that nonsense she told me to do. Didn't work. Didn't help me with my struggles. And you want to know why? Because Satan gave me a counterfeit experience. And it's so dangerous to trust those. Because you know what? They open doors for him to mess you up even more. You actually give him and his demons permission to do it. I didn't understand that. It took me years later when I was walking through deliverance with my pastor to understand that. I had let the enemy in. I said, come on in. Have your way. And my original issue that I needed help with, well, by then had become a stronghold, y'all. A stranglehold, as Ted Nugent used to call it. A stronghold. Okay? And not only that, there was a whole lot of other stuff I needed help from. I needed freedom from. And it's because 
I let the devil give me a counterfeit experience. Y'all, Satan is crafty. He is so crafty. He will tailor make a counterfeit experience just for you. He's actually doing it right now. And many unsuspecting people and Christians are falling for it. Okay, y'all need to buckle up. A lot of people in this country are concerned with social injustice issues. And we should be. We should be, especially as Christians, because God says we're supposed to help the oppressed. But Satan is taking the social injustice awareness to a whole nother level. He has used some misguided people to introduce the modern day experience of wokeism. Wokeism is a counterfeit experience, y'all, because because it sets itself up against what God says. Before anyone gets offended, don't get mad at me, y'all. Or you start thinking, I'm trying to tell you how to vote. That's not what I came up here for. I came up here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth that is written in the word of God, and I will do it. I will do it unafraid and unapologetically. So that's what we're about to talk about. Wokeism doesn't sound like a bad thing on the surface. Because woke, well, the definition means to be alert to the injustice of society, especially racism. Of course, that looks right on the surface. But the problem is, wokeism is fundamentally flawed at its core. And it contradicts foundational concepts in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, wokeism focuses on an individual's feelings. The gospel tells us not to focus on our feelings, but to trust God despite how we feel. One of the tenets of wokeism is critical race theory. They call it CRT. Some of you may not have a clue what that is, and that's okay because it took me a while to figure it out too. It's very complicated. It's a complicated issue, but doesn't Satan love to complicate things? So this is how Dr. Ben Carson describes it. It utilizes the terrible things that happened in our country to create a platform to build upon. CRT would have our children dividing themselves, making white kids feel guilty because they and all their relatives are oppressors, and making black kids and minority children feel like they're victims. This is probably the worst thing you can do to a person because if you think you are a victim, you are. That's what Ben Carson said about it. The counterfeit experience that Satan is offering through wokeism is that being woke means you're a good person. If you're awoke, you're a good person. You're a compassionate person. Don't you see how he's trying to tie our identity to an experience? If you're woke, you're good. The Bible tells us our identity. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we are made right with God. Not because we believe something. No, no, no. Jesus makes us right. What we do doesn't make us a good person. The Bible says all of our righteous acts are filthy rags. What we do doesn't make us good. Jesus makes us right with God. Then wokeism says that you are either an oppressor or a victim. That's it. That's how you're identified. An oppressor or a victim. Wow, that's a big choice. 
And if you're what they, whoever they is, if you're what they consider to be an oppressor, then you're one, your whole family is, they always have been, they're always going to be. And so you need to feel shame and guilt and you need to be punished forever. And if you're who they consider to be a victim, then you're a victim, your whole family is, they always have been, they always will be. And you are entitled to be pitied and coddled forever because you will never be anything more than a victim. There's no freedom for either side there, y'all. That's a counterfeit experience. The real experience is that God's grace leads to hope and abundant life. There is forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ for anybody. And let me tell you something. I'm not a victim. In Jesus, there are no victims. There are only victors. In Christianity, Jesus levels the playing field. Doesn't matter where you came from. Jesus levels the playing field. And another lie of wokeism is that it stereotypes and it divides people by their race and their gender. Wokeism divides and it's exclusive. God celebrates diversity, y'all. It was his idea. Look around the room. He loves diversity. Sin is the only thing that divides, y'all. And we can be free of that at any time. The gospel unifies us in Christ. And although we may look different, we are all part of one race. And that's the human race. Because God made every single one of us in his image. Every one of us. One race. Wokeism is the latest counterfeit experience that Satan has been offering us with the sole intention of destroying. And guys, it's demonic. Wokeism is demonic because it sets itself up as superior to God's word. It encourages disobedience to God, which leads to spiritual death and eternal damnation, which is exactly what the devil wants. Can you see that? Counterfeit feelings, relationships, and counterfeit experiences have one thing in common. They contradict God's word. And God's word, the Holy Bible, it's the only thing that's going to lead to eternal life because it leads to Jesus. It's the only thing we can rely on. It's a solid foundation. And it is not subject to popular opinion. Thank God. Thank God we have a firm foundation. Something is real. Something is time-tested. The Holy Bible is the only book in print still thousands of years later that's been translated into more languages than any other publication in the world in the history of mankind. And it has never changed. Never changed. There have been so many translations of it. NIV, ESV, da, 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 da. All these other translations. But the message, the truth of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the forgiveness of sins of Jesus Christ, that's the same message as it's always been. And that's because it's God's word and it is inerrant. There is no error there. So anything that's contrary to the Bible is a counterfeit. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it, y'all. Because it came straight from Satan himself. A counterfeit is from the devil. You know, as I was preparing for this message, God really showed me a lot of things. He showed me a lot of things that 
He needed to show me. I told y'all earlier, all of us fall short of the glory of God. We need forgiveness. So maybe you're sitting here and you've listened to this and you see some counterfeits operating in your life. Maybe you're thinking, wow, I didn't know that. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Or maybe you knew at one time and just kind of got sucked up in life, you know? Life happened. You lost sight of some things. Sometimes we get in stuff so deep that we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But you know what? Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace because it's been covering us all, y'all. God's grace has been covering us all. And if you've been dealing with any of these counterfeits, I want you to know, number one, you're not alone. And there's always hope in Jesus. There's always hope in Jesus. If you're struggling with something, just take it to God. Just take it to God and let him walk you through to the truth. You know, Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinning, believing Satan's lies, living in his counterfeits, that God still loved us, still saw us, and gave us a way out through his son, Jesus Christ. Friend, God still has amazing plans for your life. No one's gone too far. Nobody. You can't outrun God's mercy can't outrun his grace and his love is always with you. Will you bow your heads, please? Oh Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. It is truth and light and life. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. And Father God, it, it destroys arguments and lies that Satan has been offering us. Father, we need your grace. We need your forgiveness, Father. God, I pray that your word today will sink into our souls and it'll change us, Lord. Give us eyes to see. Help us understand our identity in you, God. Make it clear. Make our identity in you clear to us, Lord. And let us always remember that we're dearly loved, created in your image, with a wonderful plan and purpose that comes straight from you. Thank you, God, for who you are. And thank you for the life that you've given us. Let us use it to honor you, Father, in the name of Jesus.